there, and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I was thinking that there are some of you podcast listeners who have been with me in this journey from the very beginning, and or we have like done a retreat together or met in person and or been together on Instagram in some form, and so you probably know more about like the reality of my life. And then I was thinking there's also people that are jumping into this podcast now, coming in, um, hearing about it later. And so I wanted to focus today's topic on a little bit of a catch up slash introduction, as well as talking about the idea of being dissatisfied. So I'm going to give you like the flat lay of my life for a second. And then, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about what happens when we are not satisfied? Is that good? Bad? Is that healthy? Unhealthy? Is that ungrateful? Um, does that make us um, go into like, catastrophe? Like, ah, this is the worst. I can't. Uh, what comes up for you even when you think about the idea of being dissatisfied? So right now, which today is February 17th, 2022, um, I found myself in a bit of, well, we'll just name it, right? Like a existential mid-quarter life, <laughs> what is my purpose on earth crisis? <laughs> yeah. That's like one way we could, I could name the experience of maybe the last six months for me, like um, a waking up. Um, or a shutting down, uh, like when your favorite sweatshirt now feels itchy, like just, there was just things that were shifting and I started to feel dissatisfied. So flat lay, um, I've been a licensed therapist for 10 years and I've been in the field, um, of psychology, counseling, ministry and mentoring, um, probably officially since 2000. So 20 plus years. I married someone I had a crush on in high school and we've been married for, we're going on 13 years and we dated for four years before that. He's was like the kind of person that in high school I said was like too safe for me. And didn't at the time have the language or the like <laughs> neural awareness to realize that safe equals healthy, right? Like that safe equals stable. I didn't know how to hold the idea of a man being like good and like that there, it wasn't manipulative, but there wasn't anything else like that. He is who he is and that that would be like, oh, I could trust that. So Jesse was my friend for a long time before um, we became lovers. We have three kids, um, six, eight, and nine. And that's been a journey to even get here. You know, there were years, most of my life, I actually planned on not being married, period, let alone being married, having kids, uh, becoming a pastor's wife. I mean, just all the, it, it wasn't, my life didn't go the way I thought. And maybe this is similar for you. Um, 
you had an idea at 16 of what it would be like and who you were going to be and how it was all going to roll out. And for me, I, whether that comes from like trauma plus or nature plus trauma, I don't know, some version of me, I had this idea that I would just kind of be like the single rogue woman and I was planning on doing like medical relief in other countries where I could support um, women and children. That was like, that was like the vision for my life all the way through college, actually. And there was a moment I had been living in Thailand doing a study abroad program. So I went to college for a semester in Chiang Mai um, and Jesse at the time had moved to the Dominican Republic and he was living um, for a whole year in another country, learning a language, working at a life skills school for um, kids coming off the streets in Latin America. So for whatever it's worth, senior year in college, we come home. And I think that Jesse and I had both felt this sense of disillusion with our culture. So when you go abroad for an extended period of time, there's the initial culture shock, right? Like everything is different here. Like what is the food? And I kind of missed the way that um, people drove on this side of the road <laughs> or, or uh, I miss hearing English all the time. And it's just, it can be shocking and it can be exhausting. And all the, like, the intense foreignness of a culture that is not innately your own. And then after some time there, this acclimation phase occurs and the foreignness wears off and becomes familiar. And there's this experience of settling in of, I love it here and I don't even miss the bread or the the way that things were. I'm actually kind of losing, like that doesn't actually feel as exciting as this new land or this new space that I'm in. And then returning home is the reverse culture shock is I'm back in the place that I would call home and none of it seems to fit. And it's startling because we know this place to be the place we belong. We know how to get around without using maps. We like, we, we run into people around town. We speak the same language and and it is, it is shocking in return to hear so much English or to be so inundated with so much information that it is reverse culture shock, truly startling to come home. And so Jesse and I found ourselves in this reverse culture shock at the exact same time. And I think that there was um, a beautiful ease, a rest, and just feeling understood by one another just be in an unspoken way. We didn't have to explain or put a ton of words to how was your time? How was your trip? How was your experience? Like we just could kind of be together. And so there was something that clicked during that summer for us that it felt more like more like freedom to be together than not. It felt more like comfort to be together than not. It felt more like we could see each other differently after returning home. And so, <laughs> uh, the night before I was going back to my senior year of college, uh, Jesse got up the courage to say that, hey, somewhere along the lines of, I don't want this, um, I don't want this to end, or I don't want this to be over. And we held hands. Okay. Um, it, 
it changed the trajectory of my life because in that moment there was a, maybe I don't know, maybe my, my plans for my life aren't the best plans for my life. Even saying that doesn't actually fit. It's like, um, maybe I don't have to be so rigid on how things have to go, but I could be open to how things go. That that's kind of more what it was that I feel like I'd white knuckled through college, um, leaving my family of origin and trying to move into a space where I'm like, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. I, I had left an abusive relationship uh, leaving high school and I was like hell bent on that, on never being a sucker again. I'm like never falling into a trap like that again. And I had to break some of my own rules to forge this new relationship with Jesse, even though he was a person I've known since we were like in sixth grade, there was still this element of what is this actually going to be like? So here's where the dissatisfaction part comes in. Mary and Jesse and having kids have been, I didn't know how to want it for myself. Okay. I didn't know I didn't know I could have it, and so I didn't know how to want it. I did know how to crave fierce independence and how to be on my own and how to forge a life for myself uh, with little attachment and the ability to pick up and go. That, that rogue sense of wanderlust and um, spontaneity was something that, that greatly appealed to me, but also, when I look at it, there's a sense of a, a, a huge lack of attachment. And so being disconnected from other people felt very safe to me. It felt like I, I was more in charge. Knowing what I know now, this many years into our relationship, our marriage, our family, it's healed um, my something in me that the fight or flight maybe is, is a better way to say it. My knee jerk reaction to like abort mission, abandon ship, get out. Having a committed partner, someone who has presence is able to see me in all of my <laughs> various forms and stay with be in a language like that is like absolutely beyond words to see him stay opened within me another new way of I can also stay that staying power that ability to be in my own life and not have to be in overdrive or activation where if I feel like I could get hurt I'm afraid therefore I must leave that flight mode has uh, is the thing that allowed us to even have kids having children right my original plan was I wanted to be able to uh, be and take care of other people's children <laughs> because I didn't I was horrified that I would repeat the my family of origin I was horrified of becoming a mom I was I mean in my guts terrified I cannot tell you the amount of years of therapy I spent telling my therapist like I'll just never do that I'll never do that I was just like you guys like nauseous um nauseous 
would never want to inflict harm, would never want to hurt someone that was hurt, would never want to abandon someone that would never want to betray someone, never want to be that cruel. Like I, I had merged so much with my family of origin that I didn't know there was another way for me just to be myself. Having children was an was a bold reclaiming of my own true nature and breaking out of the rule that I will be the way things um, have always gone, that I'll just be the extension of my family of origin. The thing I say to, that it has, when new moms ask me, like, you know, about being a mom, the first time I said this, it struck me how true it was that I anticipated how much I would love my kids. I, I did. I don't, I'm not surprised by the amount of love I could have for them. I, I'm a pretty like diehard love hard person. Like I'm, if I love you, I fucking love you. That's like my, like, that's just my guts. All right. What I underestimated is how it would feel to be loved back how would it feel to be loved so hard in return? How to be uh, someone's mama, to be, to be reached for, to be longed for, chosen to be someone's safe place. That, oh my gosh, just like fall to the ground, like shatter open. I did not even know. I had no clue the depths of being loved like that. That also has produced in me this that so many things are possible be, because of what I didn't know, what I didn't know how to want, what I didn't know how was even available to me out there in the world. So that's, that's the gist of the things that got me to today. A life that I feel like, I, I can't believe I got here. <laughs> like I cannot believe that I'm in a functioning marriage. Like what in the actual odds, all right? I can't believe that I have like three children that are like alive and like relatively all right, you know? Like we enjoy being together. Like it's, it's, there's like this like regularness to it. Like, like you would miss it if you expected this to be this way. But for me, it's a freaking miracle. It's a marvel. I look at them and I'm like, you guys, like, like we're here, we're alive. This is happening. We're a family. Like there's just it. It shocks me still. And my oldest child is like nine and a half, right? But I'll find myself looking at them like, oh my god, we're doing it. You know, it's normal to them. This is all they've ever known. And it's also normal to my husband. Like he comes from like an intact family. So the regularness of our life is foundational for him. The regularness of our life is is miraculous it's it's it it would have been impossible and laughable to my 10 year old self and so the glory of regularness is not lost on me I am in my bones I don't miss the miracle of that I don't miss the miracle of them eating cereal in the morning and talking and having their inside jokes and looking at the funny ways they dress themselves and their particular nuances and the way that they put themselves together to go out into the world and uh, the mess, you know, <laughs> I mean, the mess of it all. There's things about it that I look at and I marvel at and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all mine, okay? So I want you to hear all of that. I want you to know that like th this, I'm living a miracle. 
And there was a moment, maybe around September, October, November, and this year, it's a bit of a blur now, where I just kind of felt like I'd woken up like inside someone else's life. Like that the life that I had intended to live, um, I didn't imagine it looking like this. And so being the type of person that's like, I kind of want to, I want to follow that feeling. I want to know like, what is this itchy dissatisfaction? What is going on? (laughs) Not because I'm not grateful. Not because I'm not grateful. But because there's something that was like waking up in me. Where did, where did parts of me go in this? Where... And what would it look like to be wholly dissatisfied? H-O-L-Y, holy. What does holy dissatisfaction look like? Am I allowed to say, I want more. I want something different. I need this to shift again. You know, if we, I think that there are moments where I feel like, man, I could be rocked to sleep in the sameness of my own life and meet, miss some of the things that I like on this earth to do. If everything is always fine and okay and good, then we might miss giving birth to the next stage. We might miss that it is okay to say, I want more. I want to be thrilled by you. I want to thrill you. I want, I want greater depth. I want us to think together. I want us to like roll over these ideas. I want to, I want to break some rules. I want, I want to even be a person who can say I want indicates some level of dissatisfaction and that that would be okay. Not because I'm not grateful, but because I'm hungry, because I want to live. So in my fashion, I splash all this across our life to my husband saying, there's parts of me, Jess, that have been asleep um, because I've been astonished. And I've, and I've relished in that as well, been able to enjoy uh, the things I never thought were possible for me. And I feel like it would be easy for me to let that be the thing that keeps on going while denying the part of me that is a person who um, appreciates vitality, who can live in extremes, who envisions other ways to see things and say things and interact with things. What is this sounding like to you as you as you hear bits of my story pouring out to you? What is what does it mean? What meaning are you making when you hear the ideas around dissatisfaction? And what would it be like to be dissatisfied without judgment? Dissatisfied without shame? Dissatisfied without it being bad or broken or wrong? That I could look at my husband and say, I want this with you. Not because something's bad, not because someone's at fault, but because I, I want this type of experience with you. 
that when I think about even my kids and the life that we're giving them, that I'm like, I, the regularness is glorious and I want there to be a wildness for them. I want them to find their own unique self uh, with a t- full freedom to express and and seek and discover and get messy or be super neat, whatever their presentation of their self is, that I don't want to be so satisfied that I, I miss the opportunity for something to be novel. In the last few months, I, I made a commitment to myself to be willing to be dissatisfied. I think that that's how culture evolves. I think that that's how ideas form is is that there's a sense of, I think that we could do that differently. I, I think that there's more for us here or something that needs to just change drastically. I think that we're allowed in whatever degree of need or want or satisfaction that we are allowed to be dissatisfied. You can be dissatisfied with your work. You can be dissatisfied with the, with the amount of sex you're having. <laughs> you could be dissatisfied with the type of conversations you're having with how many children you have, with what your church is like, um, with your best friends, with your God, with yourself. Like, what, what, wouldn't that be okay? Doesn't mean we're not grateful. It doesn't mean that we're not already doing enough. It's not about any of those things. But when we pay attention to the rub, to the thing that just isn't exactly fitting right, it's not because it isn't your favorite sweatshirt anymore. It's not because it wasn't great for a long time. But there is an element of, of, of it's not fitting and that that would be okay. <laughs> there might be another thing that is coming for you, another idea, another job, another experience, a different way for your relationship to experience intimacy and flavor and, and awakeness. <laughs> Holy dissatisfaction. What does it sound like to you? What are the things that you're like, yeah, okay, all right, all right. I can get behind that in these categories. Where's the one that's scary? It was scary for me to bring it to my marriage. Our marriage has been like a rock. Um, it is always, like um, I told you, I'm like that love hard, die hard. I'm an extreme loyalist. So there's a sense of like... Um, like it's an us, a fierce us-ness. So it was really hard for me to say, I'm, I want to learn with you. Like I want, I want to like, I want to struggle with you. Like I want there to be other things that we, we could look at and be like, all right, babe, like we've been together for a long time. What are things that you want? And I mean this in, you guys in every platform. I hope my husband's listening is like, oh, is she going to go there? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Um, that we can have this conversation of what do you want more of, less of, new of in every arena of our life from what we eat and who does the chores to, to our bedroom life to it all. What are the things that we're like, hey, like, let's, let's allow ourselves to want together. I'm sharing this today. Um, because I've been able to watch when I've trusted myself 
to be dissatisfied and not burn my life to the ground, when I have trusted myself to be dissatisfied and to watch and fan that flame, um, I watched some pretty neat things get born. I watched myself come back into a place again of choice rather than feeling like my life was happening to me. I think I was, I was like kind of martyring myself in my like suburban life that, um, I couldn't, here's what it was. I couldn't reconcile my 16 year old idea for my future of being this barefoot woman somewhere in the world and the carpool mom version of me. I was, I was like, Whoa, I don't even recognize myself. I've been trying to reconcile that trying to understand the parts of me that were like Elise, that was 16 year old you like, and yeah, that was a really crucial part of me that is still awake and alive in me that needs to go to Joshua Tree, that wants to lead women into their own forms of exile and reconcile so that way we can be fully alive. Like that is in me, God, like lightning. And that is in my own seeking. I spent a ton of time in Joshua Tree in these last six months going out there like doing the big (laughs) existential dip, trying to figure out like, what is purpose? And is that something that we make for ourselves? Is that something that's assigned? Does it matter? Do I matter? Do we matter? What is work? What is pleasure? Um, How far do we push this? Do we not push it? I mean, all the things, birth and rebirth and all of the different cycles. I mean, I just like gave myself to the process of becoming undone. And putting in all the things on the table to see like, hey, I don't want to take this life for granted. I want to simultaneously hold the glory of regular and holy dissatisfaction and allow them both to lead me. I want to be obsessed with my life and and love the guts out of my children and need to run off to Joshua Tree for a weekend to get lost again. To be the kind of person who I still, I love to, I, I need to wander. I need, um, as the Dixie Chicks would say, wide open spaces. I need, I need autonomy and expansiveness and I need me in this life. Part of my nature is to dissolve, to dissolve into the, my family nucleus, to dissolve into people pleasing, to dissolve into what people need from me. And I feel like there was like this disruption that was like, you know what? I don't want to lose me. I can't lose me. I don't want to fade away into the regular. I want to, I want to be me alive in the glory of regular, in, in my work, in my ideas, in my dreams, in my marriage, in my motherhood, in my friendship, in, in my spirituality in my relationship with, with the divine and all of it, I want to not lose me. And being dissatisfied was my way out of that dissolution. Being willing to name that that's just not going to work anymore. So I am laying, um, my experience out there is like a canvas for you to examine with a ton of respect and a ton of compassion and kindness 
Does any of this align for you? Does any of this wake up parts of your own story or make you feel like, yikes? <laughs> you know, I'm just, all I can do is offer my own life and story and process in the hope that it becomes a catalyst for you to see your own. Uh, not that it becomes mine, but that it becomes your own exclusively and, and radically full. That you could edit and or change the canvas or cut it up or whatever, you know, but like that you would, you would also be so brazen to live the fullest life that you can in whatever that means for you. You know, I told Jesse, I said, listen, babe, I am, I mean, I am also living a, a dream that many women would like to line up and come, you know, live in this life. I'm, it's not lost on me. Um, it's not lost on me. And so there's, there's a gravity, you know, to, to say that I, I understand that. And there are things about me that still need to not be so tethered, so restricted. And so we've been having these like really neat, not neat, we've been having these really dynamic um, conversations and experiences and, exp and stretching, you know, and, I, and I'm really loving that experience in our marriage again. And that even he can see, hold or respect that I need to still be me, which allows Jesse to think about also himself his wild permission to be who he is. You know, and that, that we could look totally different and it could totally work. So cool. I'm so grateful for that. So my invitations and thoughts to you um, in this listening is that you would be open to exploring your own holy dissatisfaction. Not because something is bad, not because someone is bad, not because something is wrong, not because something is broken, not because you're not grateful, not because um, you aren't living into everything you never knew you could, because we are allowed to be innovators in our own life. We are allowed to want and to peek and to see and to explore and to like wake up to uh, what we're doing here, to carve new ways forward, to forge a new path, to you know, or to walk the rutted one that you love. You know, that's the thing. It's like all, we each find our own sense of safety in the wild in, in radically diverse ways. And that is what makes this whole thing so beautiful. This, this tapestry of humanity is, it, it's <laughs> intensely gorgeous when we live in the fullest expression of ourselves. So what is it for you? What are you willing to check out or look at? Okay, finally, if you are looking for some form of guidance, um, support, or space where you could take the time to dip into your own life like this, um, this, has, this experience for me has been part of like the birth of the Joshua Retreats, Joshua Tree Retreats I'm going to be leading this year. There is one in April. It's already full but there's going to be another one in September. There's two more in Orange County. And the, the heart behind these retreats is to give you the time and space to take care of your business. You know, 
they're guided so we uh, we make room for like for prompts and really good questions and experiences that allow you to wonder and marvel and to create sustaining change that you crave to reorder things in your life or at least to see what's there to be able to make sense of what has happened so that you're more in charge of what is happening if you have questions about this or you are interested, you can check out everything at elisesnipes.com. It's under retreats, specifically under weekends. Um, these immersive experiences are small groups. Everything is provided for you, taken care of for you. You just get to come, rest, recover, get in there um, with a ton of support, a ton of safety, um, and a ton of power. I cannot say enough about what the extended amount of time and space just gives us on its own, right? You know, I think I hear a lot and I know this in my own life. If I had more time to think about that um, or more time to actually take care of that, I feel like I could find some resolution that might be lasting. So that's my plug. If you've got questions, I'm happy to set up some time to talk with you about it, to find out what would be a good retreat option for you um, or even a group. I'm starting a radical motherhood group. I just wrapped up one in February. We're doing another one in March. Um, this it, the group is specifically for moms. And we're looking at through a new lens. It's like a new way to understood what is happening where we feel might feel stuck in our motherhood, um, what might feel painful, and how can we look at it in a way that we are able to a step in to a legacy that we want to create. We could find new ways to approach what's going on. So it's not a solution-based program. It's not like, um, here's what you do when your child's throwing a meltdown tantrum at Target. It's looking at the, the whole system so that you can always create lasting change. Okay. There's so many things I could say, but I feel like my heart feels good and full from even spilling all that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, for journeying with me, whether you have been an OG listener or are just finding this podcast. Um, this is a very free space. We, Me, you, we have room to say things and so not always have to, don't have to worry about how they land. We can own our, our truth as it is as it's evolving that where this started and where it's going uh, is in motion it's alive and so I just I am grateful for your listening I am grateful for sharing this space with you and getting to interact with you okay I hope you have a radical week cheers Thank you, as always, for listening to TrailerCast. If you have questions for me or you want to follow up with me in any way based on the things that you are hearing here or your own journey that is coming up, um, I founded a team of just honestly the super badass therapists and coaches that work creatively with people wherever they are. 
We are called Radical Wellness Collaborative, and we are continually making new ways for people to move through their story. We do that individually online, so you can meet with one of my team peoples wherever you are. We do groups, so that way sometimes we just want to be able to know that there are other people out there who are also thinking along the same lines. Whatever it is, if you have that thing that's making you feel like I want more or I would like to actually think more about this or I'd like to talk about this in real time, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can get me at Elise at elisesnipes.com. You can also check out my website, my name as well, or go to radicalwellness.co. That's just a CO. Okay. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And again, I'd love just to hear where and how this lands for you. Please don't hesitate to reach out. I love hearing from from you. That's the whole point. (laughs) Okay. Cheers.